All right, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I'm recording as well. Yep, got it. Nice. All right. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, So the Summit Bid YouTube channel is starting something new. We are doing – we actually used to have a podcast called Exposure Compensation, and we are merging that into our YouTube channel. The uh, podcast, the audio, will still be available on – that um, you can subscribe to Exposure Compensation on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. But you can also enjoy this video recording version, <laughs> yeah. And you can see our lovely faces. Um, yeah, but we won't be asking you to look at anything, at least not in this episode. We'll have to see in the future. So if you want, if you've got YouTube Red, like a pro, pro right. YouTube viewer, you can always just turn the screen off. Right. So this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of an audio based, um, experience. Um, a lot of people actually, we got a lot of requests, um, from our old podcast to uh, have a YouTube version, which is, is kind of funny. So here we are on YouTube and it's just merging with our summit bid channel. So if you want to see what we're all about, we have a lot of videos up now. We're in more all the time. Indeed. So what are we talking about today? Brandon? Okay, so it's been a little bit of a crazy year for Sony. Uh, Or not for Sony, actually, just for the camera world in general. And, you know, the R5 was released, the R6 was released. Um, Nikon's going to be coming out with some stuff. And I'm kind of, I'm just a little worried about the state of Sony right now and whether or not I should maybe be switching. You both have uh, Canon now. Yep, we're both in Canon, yep. Um, and I don't really want to be about switching, but I really want to analyze kind of the state of Sony in 2020 and maybe what the future holds. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So some of the problems or some of the stuff that's maybe lacking in 2020 that I've found or that I've made a list of is, um, okay. So I guess I should preface this a little bit. I shoot a lot of different things. I shoot like landscape stuff with you guys. Mm-hmm. I shoot mm-hmm. some like product stuff also kind of with you guys. Um, I mainly do portrait stuff. So that needs to kind of be the, the front of what I do. And mm-hmm. um, I'm getting into video. So I kind of go all around the whole. So you're system. like the stereotypical like Sony shooter. Like you, you do, you're the, you need a master camera, right? Or, yeah. Jack of all trades. Shoot in the dark all the time, of course. Yeah. Teal and orange. No light. Not there. The sun doesn't exist for Sony. <laughs> um, but Sony. Well, I mean, okay. So I don't want it to be too much about this, but the R5 seems like the perfect camera for that. You know, I'm never shooting more than like too much clips. Mm. But I'm getting worried because, well, first off, there um, there aren't very many re- uh, feature rich um, options for Sony cameras especially below the $3,500 price. And the bigger problem, I think, is that you, you have to buy one very specific camera in Sony's ecosystem to be getting that specific like video feature. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, so you're meaning like no good feature rich for video below 3,500, which is mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah. a7S III in case yeah, you for sure. haven't heard about that camera. Just yeah. a small deal. I've been using the um, Sony a6600 now for about six months for corporate work and, of course, the videos on this YouTube channel as well. And, you know, that camera just, besides autofocus, of course, awesome. Everything else about that camera is feels like a camera from a few years ago. The screen and the viewfinder aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the image itself, it's basically the same image you'd be getting out of an a6300 an a6400 or something like that 
it's an 8-bit codec, and that's something that's definitely a, a weakness for Sony. Um, not only do they just shoot 8-bit in a growing world of 10-bit cameras, like right. the R5, yeah. like everything from Panasonic since like 2016, yeah. um, like even the Canon EOS R shoots 10-bit external, and uh, a lot of those camera companies have slightly more robust, at least uh, subjectively, in my opinion, more robust 8-bit codecs. So that's always a, a concern with Sony and that kind of feature-rich camera. They have this basically god video camera um, with the a7S III. Yeah, right, like right. But that doesn't, course. the S3 doesn't somehow make my 6600 better. I have to buy an S3. <laughs> that's you know? right. And so, you, I, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, what is the best video camera? If we had to actually point to one, what's the best Sony video camera under the, the S3? Is it the S2? Is it the a7 III? Is it the 6600? Is it the R4? I honestly think it's the 6600. That's why I bought it in a lot of ways. Okay. So, and the reason why I think it's the 6600 is, is I think that if you're talking about video in a general sense for you know, a camera that's not an actual camcorder, a hybrid camera. It has no record limit. It has really great battery life um, and it has a flip screen. And for YouTube, that kind of makes it the best camera, I think. And for, in some ways, even corporate work, being able to have that functionality is really great of being able to just set up the camera and roll um, is, is something I really enjoyed and already missed slightly. So it's kind of, those couple little things, I think, that maybe push it above the a7 III. But in essence, the a7 III, the a6600, the a6400, these cameras that have been released over the past few years, they're almost identical for video with these little nitpicky things. They're not at giving us stuff like 4K60. They're not giving us 1080 above 120. They're mm. all basically the same. And they add these little usability things like headphone jacks or flip screens or whatever. And that's kind of why I think 6600 is the nicest or the one I would choose, maybe. Well, and they're all pretty, like, they're all the same. They're just not, there's nothing about them that makes them anything super special. That's the problem. Like, and you're getting little features like the flip screen that Canon has no problem with at all. Like, the EOS R has that screen that you can flip out to the side. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Sony's started adding flip screens. The... Mm -hmm. Started with the ZV-1 mm -hmm. and then went to the a7 III and now the a7C has mm -hmm. it. So I'm guessing any Sony camera going forward is going to have the flip screen. Mm -hmm. but, but they're uh, not touchscreens yet in the menus except the S3, right? The S3 is touchscreen menus, but the, the a7C does not have – it doesn't even have the new menus, which is mm -hmm. interesting. So what's the next thing that you see that Sony lacks in 2020? Well, Toby touched on this a little bit, but it's definitely the handling of the cameras. Mm. Like your camera specifically, I'm not thinking about getting the R5 at all. I would never say that. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're talking about touchscreens. Sony's touchscreens are horrible. And that's maybe not something I really need, but it's definitely helpful in some circumstances. Mm -hmm. If I decided I want to vlog with my camera, I, I mean, I can't. It's right here. Oh, well, I asked, told people that we weren't going to be showing it, but I can't flip my A7 um r3 camera or uh screen around right um the menus are a big problem and it's a little bit scary that they put the same menu in the um a7c right that we don't so. have a real reason for that other than that i think there's an assumption that the new menus are tied to the new xp processor which the oh, yeah, yeah. a7c did not get for some reason i mean the, the a7c then let's not get too into the woods with it but it was, you know, I, I think I think maybe you're the one who said that the A7, 
S3 was like three steps forward for Sony and the A7C was like a step one step back. Like mm -hmm. it, um, it's kind of a, a disappointment of a, of a mm -hmm. camera. It's the, it's a rebranded A7III with a few improvements, but just kind of overall not that great mm -hmm. of, a, of a camera. Yeah, and it was particularly disappointing to me with the A7C because I was kind of looking at that camera as a, 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 an upgrade for me from the 6600. Mm. And except for the fact that it is full frame and for photography, I think that that does uh, elevate it above my 6600. Um, from stuff like limiting the handling, I think my I have more custom buttons on the 6600 than the A7C has, um, right. and just the overall layout of the camera. It seems like maybe they kind of dumbed it down in a funny way with the uh, the A7C. So the disappointment there. Nothing better with video except more depth of field, maybe, and slightly better low light. Just full frame stuff I could have got with the A7 III, which I also used in the past. Right. Uh, so that was just kind of a deciding factor for me that it was time to just kind of uh, move on for now. And that's kind of the sad thing is, is I think there's actually so much great stuff about Sony um, these days, even despite all the stuff we've already mentioned. Uh, what would you say as a still a Sony shooter is your favorite thing about Sony right now? Uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> probably the balance of the cameras in a certain degree. Maybe specifically looking at my A7 III. Um, R3? A7 R3, yes. Sorry. Um, it's just, it's a cheap, well-balanced camera. Now, I what do you cheap. mean by balance? Maybe you should you should clarify that. Do you mean like physically balance or like, what do you mean by balance? Okay, good good question. Um, I mean that it has pretty good autofocus. It's pretty reliable in my opinion. Two SD card slots. Mm -hmm. um, it has eye autofocus. It's pretty high megapixel. Like, mm -hmm. I think the R5 as a camera kind of beats it all around, but it has kind of a lot of the R5 features. Um, just on a very lesser level. So like you have 42 point whatever megapixels. Um, you know, you right. have an okay autofocus system. You have in-body stabilization. You have some of these things have been left out in other cameras like the EOS R doesn't have in-body stabilization. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, um, and you do have usable video features. I mean, yeah. I've used it this year. It's just there's nothing compelling about the video at this point. Right, yeah, right. That's kind of the problem I'm running into again. But Sony's doing pretty good in some ways. It's just they're not creating the same camera that I'm kind of wanting, which has high uh, megapixels. Shouldn't say high. I think it's becoming the new standard. Like the 40. Right. 42 is like, yeah, can you count it as high megapixel? Like, um, you know, maybe the, some of these rumored flagship cameras that are coming in 2021, they're all rumored to have 42 megapixels. The R5 has 42. The Z7 has 42. Like, you know, I don't know, and then you know now that Sony has the sixty-one megapixel A7R4, which is the highest megapixel, like general, like full-frame, like consumer, consumer camera. Yeah. yeah, like you can get higher megapixel. Um, the GFX one hundred has a hundred megapixels, but that's mm -hmm. a medium format, yeah. um, mirrorless camera. So, like, they have that. Um, so like, I don't know that you can really, call, I mean, I guess you would call it like, like mid, mid ground or standard. I would say 42 to 50 is not standard now. It's turned becoming yeah. standard. Mm -hmm. 
I guess, okay, so I guess some of the things I like about Sony overall. The problem is I don't know if they're what I want to upgrade to, but yeah, you were saying the high megapixel, 61 megapixel A7R4. Mm-hmm. Um, the A9 is a good camera. It's maybe the only professional kind of flagship mirrorless camera out there right now. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, is. it really is. I mean, you can use the, the R5 for sports and wildlife, but I, it's not as dedicated as, as the A9. So, mm-hmm. like, it really is the the only mirrorless flagship camera of that's full frame. I mean, yeah. the... In 2020, anyway. Right, in 2020. In 2021, it looks like that's going to change based on all of the breaking Rumors. news just this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the autofocus in the A9 system specifically is really good. Would you say Canon has better autofocus than the A9, too, or...? Um, it feels similar. It feels similar, I would say. It, it's... it's um. It's a little different. The dual pixel is different than the um, hybrid AF, just in in use, in in function, and in in uh, all of that. But I would say it's pretty similar. In all things, all things like if you are totally out of the system and you're choosing between the A92 and the R5, the the A92 does not bring much to the table, um, other than that you have true silent shooting with no um, uh, rolling shutter like but a, the canon rolling shutter is so light like you're still probably not going to run into it that often so mm-hmm. like there's not a lot compelling there okay okay interesting certainly nothing that would warrant a 500 more dollars yeah i think the problem partially that i'm running into with like the things that are great about sony in 2020 right now are that you know it's cheap and usable but it's not maybe what i want because like Okay, so they have, like, the most pro lenses, but mm-hmm. they don't have the pro lenses I want exactly. That's both a pro and a con. In, or maybe in the best pro lenses. Yeah. And then right. also the aperture is a question as well. They have, the most, they have the mostest, but not the bestest. Uh, mm-hmm. just, yeah. like, and that, that's actually an issue that Sony has, is that their, their trinity of their original G Masters, they released the 2470, 7200, and the 85, and... It's not been that many years, and all of those lenses are like they've been completely shown up by Canon and Nikon's version of them. Like they uh, Nikon's taken forever to get theirs out, but their quality is amazing. And the Canon RF ones are just they kind of put the certainly the twenty four seventy and the seven two hundred G Masters to shame, really. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads into my next thing, where um, I sold my G Master seventy to two hundred from Sony to get the. Um, Tamron 70 to 180 right because well i guess the pro is out of that is that um they have the most third-party lenses there are a lot of really nice third-party lenses you can mm-hmm. get for sony right now yes and that's you can. Mm-hmm. really yeah. cool but the con is that i had to get a third-party lens to replace my professional 70 to 200 right and it doesn't have ibis but the image quality is is as good if not better and it's like so much smaller and lighter like that thing is tiny but then again, how much smaller and lighter is it really than um, the Canon seventy to twenty? Because that yeah, thing's it, tiny. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it has it has stabilization. So and it's probably sharper, or maybe mm, it may be sharper. I mean, it's hard to like you know you can't put a uh, Canon lens on a on a Sony lens. I mean, on a Sony body, so mm-hmm. it's it's hard to yeah. really see. But um, the Sony lens situation now, like there, Sony does have some really great lenses. The one thirty five, one eight. 2414, the 218, um, 
12 to 24. 12 to 24, 2.8 yeah, is that's, amazing. That's amazing. Man, yeah. that lens is phenomenal. Um, but they're, they're kind of their core lenses are, are they need replacements or something. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Sigma and Tamron are kind of helping Sony out there, and Sigma's rumored to have a. Uh, what a uh, seventy two hundred coming soon. Yeah, um, finally, it probably has stabilization, forever. right? So, like the lens situation with Sony is kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly the their the quality of their zooms are uh, um, not as good as as what Canon and Nikon are coming out. You know when when they are coming out with them. So one well, like you're saying, like Sony has no problem. It seems like with wide angle lenses, mm-hmm. which is not super helpful for me. Going back to the portrait photography stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, and the one thirty five one eight, we shouldn't discount that lens. That's amazing. Right. I mean, that, that's but... a that could be a career maker in, in portrait. I mean, it's it's a great portrait focal length, and it's super super sharp. But Canon, like you know, it, it, over a Canon, you have for portrait, you have the um, 8512, 85 excuse me, the uh, 5112, the 7200, the um, the 28 to 70, I could argue, F2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. if I were going to switch to Canon, it'd probably be the 28 to 70 and the 8512 to start off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mean... were, you've even told me too that it does seem like Sony's prime lenses are competing with Canon's zooms. In, so, in sharpness? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They, they like image quality wise, I would say that that Sony's primes compete with Canon zooms, but Sony zooms are kind of getting trounced by Canon zooms. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think that the the funniest thing about Sony right now in 2020, if you needed to buy something for a big project next year or this year, is is that they have, in many cases, the best tool at very specific things. Like they have the mm-hmm. best video camera right now mm-hmm. for 3500 mm-hmm. or at least a stills hybrid camera but it's really a video camera because it's just 12 megapixels yeah. um and they have the highest resolution uh, camera which we have a whole review on the r4 we'll link it in the description and you can watch uh, kemper's opinions on that right, right but they have the highest resolution camera they maybe have the the cleanest most professional video body they have um, in many cases, the cheapest option for like a full frame camera or whatever, like the A7 II is maybe acceptable-ish for yeah, stills. Yeah, if you're jumping in, mm-hmm. the A7 II is, and you know, and the A7C now too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have those two one-two punch, but like the, certainly the Z6 um, is, and maybe the Z5, they're both a little more expensive than them, but they're also quite a bit better cameras Mm -hmm. overall i would say well there's like a caveat to every sony thing almost like oh if you're a portrait photographer sony could be really good but you really have to be getting specific lenses Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you can't i mean i don't want to say you can't rely on the 70 to 200 but there's a reason i sold it and i sold it pretty quickly once the tamron 70 to 180 came. there's a reason why both of you sold it yeah well right yeah yeah yeah, i didn't keep mine either Um, so I think that Sony's just in, I think Sony's in a transition period, kind of like Canon was in for so long. Yeah. And Canon's just now pulling out of that. I think you could even argue they're still kind of transitioning. They're, they're, they're filling in all their lineups. You know, they don't have their pro mirrorless out yet. They're, right, they're right. full pro mirrorless. They don't have their high resolution body out yet. They do have some maybe first gen issues with the overheating. 
um, and they haven't removed some stuff that need to go, like record limits on, um, you know, on at least one of the record modes. Like if 4K line skipped could just not have a record limit, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, now, granted, I think that Canon and Sony seem to be focusing, we're not going to talk about this too much, but they both seem to be really pushing their camcorder line. And I think that that is slowing the progress in video in their hybrid bodies to some degree. Um, as well, far could, as what they want to do because of the, the FX line from Sony and all the new C cameras coming out from Canon. That's a good point. It also might be the reason why Sony and Canon have some of the video features they even do at this point, though. Mm -hmm. That being said, Nikon's catching up with video, so... Yeah, I mean, Nikon hasn't come out with anything close to the R5, the S3... And certainly not competing with like the C70 that Canon mm -hmm. just announced for video. So Nikon, like they keep getting like in range, but then Sony, mm -hmm. Canon, like go way ahead again. Mm -hmm. So like you know they did raw external, and and now that's like you know that's that's cool that the the Z6 shoots raw external, but like it it the S3 does that, and the R5 shoots raw internal. I mean, kind of it it it. it overheats eventually but right if you're looking right. for really high quality footage nikon's not the place you want to be in exactly well they right. do but they do a, they do a good do job well. they do a good job let's not you know you can't just totally and for hybrid shooters nikon is a strong option right and um, they have external raw so that's not right well that's what we were just saying right yeah. yeah they have these features that are really nice but in the end, if you really want to be like, well, I want to get into pro video, I want to get paid for this, or I want to make some big projects, I want to be really good. You know, Canon and Sony have full camcorder lineups to move into. They both have really high quality um, next generation hybrid cameras. I mean, whether the S3 is hybrid or not, I don't know, but it's definitely next gen video specs. Well, and you can definitely use the E-mount glass still. I mean, that's maybe yeah. another pro. You can use E-mount glass and RF glass on both of their CineLine, new CineLine cameras. Yeah, the brand new right, ones. Right, so right, right. The C70 for Canon. Yeah. All, of other can all the other Canon cinema cameras are EF still, but... Well, with exception of, I'm trying to remember if there's one that uh, you can switch it out on, if it's the C500 Mark II or something. I don't remember for sure, though. Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah. I guess either way, like the C70 and the R5 could pair really well if you were trying to just get some, you know, you'd be able to shoot 8K everything. Mm -hmm. And you could also, of course, just have a workhorse camera. And Nikon just doesn't offer those things. Uh, but, you know, in the end, it is kind of about what's going on uh, with Sony right now. What yeah. do you guys think Sony Well, what, what's Sony going to have to do to keep you in Sony? Yeah. Oh, that is a good question. I want to stay Sony, so that's kind of something I've been thinking about. There's something about, there is an allure to Sony. But they're going to have to come out with an R5 um, competition camera. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. something like that. It doesn't need to be as good. Like, honestly, if they came out with a 36 megapixel um, camera that's shot 6k raw and you know had like the new menu system better eye autofocus another thing that i kind of wish sony would do is have the eye autofocus where you can switch between the two eyes right right um, because that's bothering me eye autofocus in video which i know some of the sony cameras have but like a new body is going to need to have that that is focused towards kind of all of the little things i want to do so mm. that's another mm. thing um 
Well, Sony does have eye autofocus and video, but you're meaning a camera that pulls all of these things together. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That that and that is kind of what is missing from Sony is a, is a is a camera that kind of pulls everything together for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue that that Nikon is is missing the same thing. I guess the Z7 maybe is a little closer. Well, the Z7 II, which I know is just a rumor, we don't really right. know what that's going to. Well, entail, no, it's not just a rumor. Nikon said it's coming. We well, just don't know specs, what is, what the specs are going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that could. Um, the more problematic thing that Sony needs to do is they need Mark II of their lenses, and they need to hit the Mark II hard because I I want a seventy to two hundred. I can live with my Tamron, but. I don't know if it's what I want. I think I want a 70 to 200. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, you know, faster glass. Like, I'm, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. There's not a huge, huge difference between a, um 85-1.2 and an 85-1.4. But it's really, like, something alluring about uh, Canon that they have a 1.2. Right, um, right. And Nikon's getting 1.2s now. So right, yeah, Nikon's mm-hmm. jumping into the one two. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's what's holding Sony back on that, unless they really didn't know that that was going to be a huge thing until Canon and Nikon started jumping on board with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess the two things are I do the maybe the bigger thing, maybe but the less problematic is I do just want that new body, like the mm-hmm. new R five equivalent from mm-hmm. Sony, mm-hmm. something close, something in the range. Um, and then I want just the glass is going to need to be reworked. I get it. That's what the the ecosystem for Sony is that they put the it's just problematic because the glass does not seem to be what they what it should be. I guess right. I don't know how to. Explain. I mean, it, it can be like the the one thirty five one eight like and you know you could argue that Canon doesn't have a one thirty five one eight out right now. But they're seventy um, to two hundred kind of yeah. you know not as fast but right. more versatile and. Right. Once again, if you're super specialized, maybe Sony has something that... Again, yeah, it does seem like Sony is kind of... is is That's kind of where they're at right now, is catering to super specialized. Mm -hmm. Which is weirdly very similar to what Canon was for so much of the 20-teens. You know, uh, sorry, it was so much what Canon was through a lot of the 20-teens. I don't know if I said that wrong. No, you said it right. Well, and I will need to get a 70-200 to when I shoot a wedding. Or I have a couple weddings I have to shoot next summer, so that's right, what makes right. me iffy about Sony's. Do you think you could shoot a wedding with the seventy one eighty? Probably, it's right. unstabilized. That's right. the only thing that makes it a little like I don't so know. So you're you're relying totally on that R 3s which is so so Ibis. Yeah, right. and that's again like just another one of those things where it's it's good, but it's just not as good. And as... It, right, and like I mean, it looks like a lot of these issues Sony is addressing. Like again, like the Ibis in the s3 is supposed to be amazing yeah i've heard that consistently mm-hmm. and everyone said the e-mount won't have good ibis but apparently it's amazing in the mm-hmm. s3 and so like you know the menus have been fixed the flip screen has been fixed the touch screen has been fixed the resolution of the touch screen hasn't um and they have that new what does the s3 has like a nine million uh dot. nine million dot evf, EVF which is like crazy like you know no one is else has an EVF like that. Although I've heard that it doesn't look that different than the mm-hmm. the five law, point law of diminishing uh, returns. Maybe law of diminishing returns, right? Which is so um, looking towards twenty twenty one. Obviously, this is the state of twenty twenty, and they've solved so many of these problems, but in specific cameras, specifically yeah. the S three, which doesn't really help photographers that much. 
what do you guys think they're going to release in 2021? And, you know, are they going to release the camera that Brandon's talking about would keep him in the system? I have a lot of hope for it. I just don't know. Uh, Kemper, what do you, you have a couple theories around that. Well, I think the, the A7 IV seems to be on tap, although the A7C kind of puts that in a little bit of uh, jeopardy to me. Like, are either it's going to the a7 IV is going to be much more expensive or they just they're going to hold off until 2022 on it i mean i i'm i just i'm i'm not sure where they go other than this new a93 super pro body which we can kind of get into at mm. a, at another point yeah. but or maybe a new line to compete directly with the r5 maybe an a7 m or something yeah they might almost like sony's kind of partition themselves in a weird category right because they can't have the like i don't know they can't backstep on the r series mm -hmm. they can only front step so much with the you know just the a7 IV series the a7c is now a weird it's adding a murkiness to the right like, water. yeah i mean it just seems like it's just another specific category for sony so like maybe this new A93 will kind of be everything. It'll probably be expensive, but it will be an everything camera. Yeah. So they're like, well, at least you can buy it and have an everything camera. You're just gonna have to like a five six thousand right, dollars. Right, be willing just, to open up for it. You so, know. Well, that is all the time we have for today. So yeah. um, if you enjoyed this, um, go ahead and give us a like. Um, please check out our channel and see all the other cool videos that we are making um, using all this gear out in the field. Indeed. And. Uh, yeah, so we'll see you later. Yeah, and comment down below what you think the future of Sony may look like and what you think about it right now in 2020. Yeah, for reals. Right. Thanks. Bye. Stop in three, two, one.